Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to a new quick hitter from the Pure Hoops podcast. Our guest this week, the one and only Tim Legler. We have a great discussion about everything NBA bubble, teams, players, coaching strategies, and some fun stuff from the 90s we hope you really enjoy. So in terms of uh, contrast, before the stoppage to now, um, what team looks the most different in terms of style, strategy, from when we shut down in March to present day now as we head into the playoffs? Well, I think for me, you'd probably start with Portland. Just, you know, and this was a team that we looked at coming into this and said, you know, man, this could be a dangerous situation. You're talking about a conference finalist team. You're talking about a team that's got a top 10 player in the league in Damian Lillard, one of the best backcourts in the NBA, and getting two bigs back that they did not have in Nurkic and Collins. So you looked at them and said, okay, they were a team that you didn't give much consideration to during the regular season. They were an afterthought in a lot of ways a disappointing season. And now they've played themselves into a situation now where they're most likely going to get a play-in situation where they're actually hosting as an eighth seed, which is, which is crazy. You never would have thought that was possible when they headed down there. And not only that, you now look at them and a guy this hot and a team this hot going into a first-round playoff with the Lakers, and you go, not that you would pick Portland to win it, but the way the Lakers have looked offensively, contrasted with Portland, you now look at the Portland Trailblazers and say, this is a team now that is really dangerous, whereas you didn't even consider the Blazers. I barely talked about Portland all season. And now you're finding a situation where you have the numbers that Damian's putting up, the way they're playing, and now you potentially get this first-round matchup with the Lakers where all eyes are going to be glued on it. I think I'd probably put them at the top of the list. I think for the most part, it's kind of status quo at the top, you know, especially the East. Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, I thought were the three teams that had a legitimate shot. I haven't changed at all in that. So I think they're still there. Um, and then for the top of the West, we expect the Lakers and Clippers to be there in the conference finals. I don't think I've seen anything down there to make me change my mind on that either. But I think – team like Portland has made it a lot more interesting um, the way that Damian Lillard has played. I, I think now they're, they're worthy of being in this conversation with the drama heading into that first playoff round. Yeah, and, and one, one more thing, BJ, just, just on Portland, I think their depth, Tim, is really underrated. And what they've been getting out of Gary Trent, what they've been getting out of Hazonia, they can bring Whiteside off the bench. I've been saying for two weeks the Lakers better be very careful, combine that with how they've looked. Um, the Laker backcourt, how do they go about guarding Dame, CJ, Mellows at the three when they go big? I mean, these are potentially very dangerous matchups for the Lakers, and I know I'd be concerned. What, what, what are your thoughts just matchup-wise between the teams? I think you hit it on the head with the Lakers because you think about who are the two guys that would have had primary responsibility for guard, guarding Damian Lillard. Rajon Rondo, who's going to be out till deeper into the postseason, and Avery Bradley, who's not there. I mean, those are the two guys you would have been counting on to try to get into him a little bit. I mean, all you want to do with a guy like Lillard, you're not going to completely stop him. You just want to make him less efficient 
by wearing them down a little bit and, and making them feel contact and picking them up a little bit earlier over half court and just making them work harder. Um, so now you have a guy in this kind of rhythm, a 51-point game, a 61-point game. Who knows what he's going to do in their last game, which is still a meaningful game for them. So you have a guy potentially averaging 50 points a game over a three-game stretch coming into a series, and you don't have your top two defensive guards to slow him down. That's got to be something that I'm sure Frank Vogel is looking at. It's got to be a little bit concerning because he is so good offensively. He has the ability to just completely dictate the pace and flow of a game, and, and particularly in this setting because you're not going on the road. Lakers don't have any home court advantage. You don't have the adrenaline that you get from the home crowd defensively. These are neutral courts, very little environment, and now you have this guy that's absolutely going ballistic and you're going to try to contain without your two best defensive players. It is definitely a challenge. It's going to be very interesting to see what Frank Vogel does and who he plays and how he tries to slow him down. You, you know, you've touched on it, you know, Tim. I, I want to just ask your opinion. When you have, you know, players who are used to playing on the road and then at home, I, have, I haven't kind of figured out how that's going to look in my mind once the playoffs begin because, you know, you play two at home, then you play two on the road. These are neutral sites. How do you think that's going to affect the coaching and what's that going to look like? Because, you know, normally the role players play better at home than they do on the road. What do you think that's going to look like now that they're basically – they're all just neutral games. There is no home court advantage. How do, how do you think that's going to play itself out? Yeah, so, BJ, I think there are, there are three critical factors that are going to determine who's going to be the last team standing. And you're going to be some upsets in the first round. I'm, I'm convinced there's going to be a couple of teams that are going to win we don't expect to because of how unique this situation is. But here, here are the factors for me. First is leadership of your top guys. You know, when you don't have – the adrenaline that you get and the energy you get from running out of that tunnel onto your home court and then what that feels like in a playoff game, that's got to come from the top. So it's got to be the leadership and the communication of your top guys. And does everybody feel connected to them and you want to rally around them? That's going to be important. I think your depth is going to be critical because I think on given nights, it's, it's going to be different guys that you might need to, to step up and give you that unexpected boost. But then I think the number one factor, and this is why I look at some teams like Miami, Dallas. They've got coaches that have won championships, Toronto. I think coaching is actually going to be more important in this environment than it even is in a normal playoff game for what you just said. So think about it. If you're coaching a team like, let's say, you know, a, a Milwaukee, 29-2 or 28-3, whatever they were at home. Well, if you're, if you're Mike Budenholzer, you know, and you're down eight in a playoff game at home and going into the fourth quarter, well, I got news for you. It's going to be deafening when, when you break the huddle to walk onto the court. And you know what that's going to do? That crowd is going to create such an energy level defensively that coaching in large part at that point, X's and O's are out the window. And these guys are going to derive that energy to string together stops. And a lot of that's going to be generated from the crowd and the fans. Well, that's gone. So now for me, it's more of a premium on adjustments, matchups, hitting the right button with your substitution, late game play calling. I think coaching is more at a premium in getting through these playoff rounds than it even would be at home because there is no external force that you can count on to help your team in a tough moment. It's going to be your top guys' leadership and your ability to push the right buttons to get them through a tough time because they're not going to get that from anywhere else. So I think coaching is a major factor, and that's why the guys I mentioned that have won championships 
you know, a team like Miami is not favored to win it, but watch out for the Heat. You got an Eric Spolster over there. That's a dangerous team. Rick Carlisle has won a championship in this league, and he's got one of the best players in the NBA on his roster. I wouldn't want to play Luka Doncic in a seven-game series um, when you don't have that external factor of home court advantage. So I think it's something to really watch for, and I think we're going we're gonna to find out a lot about guys, I think good and bad, with some of these teams with the coaching decisions going forward. And some guys, I think you might, it might cost them their job, depending on how they handle oh. this when they get into the postseason. We hope you listen to the full conversation with Tim Legler. Check out the Pure Hoops podcast each and every Friday from Pure Hoops Media. Stay pure.